Welcome to Rooted. I'm Sam, a new age business strategist and coach for solopreneurs rooted in soul. In this podcast, you will be a part of conversations with incredible solopreneurs that know exactly where you are and are here to help guide you to where you want to be. Subscribe, rate, and review to ensure you never miss an episode. And keep the conversation going by following me on Instagram at Rooted with Sam. I'll see you inside. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Rooted. Actually, welcome to Rooted since this is the first episode that is going to air. And I'm very excited. I have been playing with this idea of restarting my podcast for a long time. I used to podcast under the podcast name Gooey, and it was an incredible podcast. I interviewed so many wonderful people. We talked about wellness and health and nutrition and life and business, and it was great. And I am so blessed to be able to say that I had a successful run at my first attempt of a podcast. And I learned so much and I have taken all of the things that I've learned and brought it back to you right now in this podcast. And the reason that I wanted to call this podcast Rooted is because that's kind of the word that stuck around for a long time for me. So what I mean by this is when I had a food blog, my name was Uprooted Table and that was kind of my tie of travel and food. So the table was, you know, the place that you eat and uprooted is really, truly how I felt and sometimes still feel being a multi-passionate human being, wanting to go all the places and do all the things. And that uprooted table just felt so perfectly me. And as I've grown and my business has shifted and changed and expanded, I've taken upon the word rooted as really just the feeling that you want to have. You want to feel really rooted in what you're doing. You want to feel that deep connection, that feeling in your soul of, oh, this is my path. This is maybe not where I'm always going to be, but I feel really good where I am right now. And to me, that's rooted. And the conversations that I plan to have with the people on the show and in these solos really, to me, embody the word rooted. I'll be speaking with people who have different backgrounds who also identify as multi-passionate people, multi-passionate human beings, and who want to share their stories of how they got to their point of feeling rooted in what they do and who they are. And that's kind of going to be the same thing with me with the different solos that I share with all of you. So Today, I really wanted to talk about the top things that I've learned so far as a solopreneur, and really I'm still learning them because it's hard to implement all of the things. We tend to go back to old ways, old lines of thinking every so often, and that's okay. I know I'm very hard on myself when I quote unquote slip up in my personal development journey. <laughs> and when I say that, I laugh because it's ridiculous. I'm a human. I'm going to shift. I'm going to change. I'm going to forget things. I'm going to want different things at different times of the day or times of the month or every other year. And that's okay. And like I said, I'm still learning and I'm sure that you are still learning. If you're listening to this right now, I'm sure you're laughing because you're like, Sam, I totally get it. I know exactly where you're coming from. <laughs> so I thought I would just dive into a couple things that actually this year have really shown up for me and I feel really called to share it. Maybe this is showing up for you in some way. Maybe you need to hear one of these bullet points I have written down, but I'll just dive right in. So the first thing that came to mind when I thought, what have I learned 
as a solopreneur that has been so unbelievably important. Boundaries. Oh boy. (laughs) Right? I say it and I'm sure all of you are triggered. Boundaries. Well, as somebody who identifies as a no-boundary human being, and by no boundary, I mean very minimal boundaries, I have learned in the past 18 months that boundaries are literally everything. They're so important because it's access to you. It's access to your brain, to your gifts, to your thoughts, to your processes, to your strategy, to your coaching, to your product, to whatever. So when I think of somebody without boundaries, I really do think of myself, a person trying to have everybody like her and create something really special that everybody wants or wants to be a part of. And I see someone who wants to help everyone so much so that they completely burn themselves out. And that really is me explaining me. For a really long time, I would be the person who responded to a text message like immediately. I check my email still to this day every five minutes, all six of them. And as soon as I see an email come through, I read it and I have to respond to it. Otherwise, I can't stop thinking about it. It's not healthy. (laughs) It's not good. It's not a good thing. Earlier this year, I joined a mastermind and one of the people in this mastermind, well, actually all of them, were talking about boundaries and how important they are because it's you teaching people how to treat you. And that really, really hit me because pre-mastermind Sam would respond back immediately, would email back immediately, would come up with a solution right on the spot and was always there. Whenever you needed her, she was there. And that Sam was also really burnt out. She was really frustrated often, pretty bitter. She hit it really well. She was very bitter. She wasn't sleeping very well. And you know those videos where it's like a mom and she's like answering her daughter or her son's question and it's like very sweet and kind and soft-spoken and mommy loves you. And then it flips to like, mom when she's in a car and she's like freaking out at the car that didn't use their blinker. That was me. That was, I see those and I'm like, oh my God, it's me. It's very, it's very true. It's funny, but it's like, wow, I, uh, the drop of a pin, I'd lose my mind. So back to this mastermind conversation, I was talking about how I have my notifications all on for all of my, you know, different access points for clients. And they were like, what? No, no, no. Like notifications off. That is not okay. We don't, we don't do notifications. I was like, what do you mean? How do you, how do you know if somebody like messaged you or has a question or whatever it may be? They were like, well, when we go in and check the two times a day or one time a day or however many times they have scheduled to check their inbox or various access points, that's when they'd see it. And then they would take a note and either respond then or respond the next time that they checked those things. And it blew my mind. I was like, I don't understand. How do you run a business? That doesn't make sense to me. And they're like, no, Sam, you're teaching people that you're constantly available, that you're always going to be there. No matter what, you're there. How are you supposed to create? When are you supposed to create? When are you supposed to have time to yourself? When are you helping other clients. Where is time for you if you're always responding 
are always there for others. I'm not kidding when I say that really did hit me. I know it sounds so simple, but I was like, oh my God, you're right. I'm so overly available to everyone and I'm never, ever giving myself space. It made me feel like I had to constantly be doing, going, pushing, forcing, responding. And, you know, even when you say those words, I kind of feel that tense feeling in my upper body and my shoulders wanting to kind of scrunch up towards my ears a little bit because it doesn't, your body doesn't even like that. So what I've been doing to set boundaries, which is really hard to do after you haven't had them for several years, is a number one thing was not responding to emails immediately. And that has been very hard. There's two reasons to this. One, I know there's an email there. And my brain is like, Sam, there's an email. Hey, Sam, there's an, there's an, Sam, there's an email. You should, ch- you should read, the e- read the email, Sam. That's my head all the time. Read the email, respond to the email. <laughs> so that's always there nagging at me. And the second thing is when I respond immediately to an email, those people that are emailing me are expecting an email to come back like that. And if it doesn't, and this happens, and if it doesn't, those people text you, they voice memo you, they voxer you, they slack you. Like, hey, did you get my email? Mm-hmm, sure did. I'll get back to you. That has been hard. I haven't been perfect at it. Sometimes I read the email and then I go back and I do an unread. So it's it's kind of half counts, right? It half counts, but I'm actively conscious about this. And the other thing that I've been doing is I try very hard not to let clients have my phone number because if you have my cell phone number and if a client has your cell phone number, they're going to use it. They're going to use it to call you or to text you or to voice note you. And there are plenty of other platforms that allow those exact same things. Voxer allows you to voice note. Slack allows you to text. I'm sure there are others. There's Trello. There's plenty of other platforms that you can have between yourself and your clients that do not give them direct access in that way. That's a very personal access level. And I've been very, very strong about not letting people that are clients have my phone number, my personal phone number. Some people that I know even have secondary cell phones or I believe there are a few carriers that allow you to have two numbers on one phone line, which to me is way too much. I would just go for Voxer personally, but that's a hard boundary line that I've really set for myself. And when I sway from that boundary, I very much am disappointed in myself. I can feel it. And I know every time I'm like, don't do this. And I do it. And what does that person do? They text me constantly. Shoot. Okay. And it's made me super aware of how I interact with other people, whether it's previous coaches of my own or people in the same industry as me or just other entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, I'm really aware of how often I'm contacting these people. I don't want to be that person. So it has made me very aware of that as well. I think another great way to set a boundary is to take breaks throughout the day where it's just you time. So this could be like going to get the mail. You know, it doesn't have to be this huge event. It doesn't have to be an two-hour lunch or something crazy. But I meditate for 10 minutes. I have this incredible friend, Ariel, who creates these phenomenal meditations and they're guided. So if that's your thing, even if it's not your thing, I did not like guided meditations until I listened to Ariel's meditations. So those will be in the show notes. But even if it's a 10, 15-minute meditation, going out to the mailbox, grabbing your mail, that's what, three minutes, moving away into a separate room where there's no technology and just breathing, reading a magazine, things that we used to do probably when we were younger or before college, maybe in high school, 
I mean, I used to like sit on the couch and read books for hours and I don't do that anymore. I don't, I don't have time, right? None of us do. We create time. So having these boundaries in place have really helped me feel a lot better and a lot less stressed or frustrated when things come up because things are always going to come up. Things are going to change. That's life. That's good. But I wanted to share these things with you because I do find that it's super, super, super important to have boundaries in place. And coming from somebody who didn't have them for the first six years of her business, I promise you, you can start creating them. It does feel uncomfortable. It's going to feel really uncomfortable, but ultimately it's going to be for your highest good. All right, next up is charging my value. This one is going to make everybody uncomfortable if you have money mindset, struggles, issues, whatever it may be that you have yet to work through or are currently working through like I am. So when I first started my business, I was doing social media for event coordinators, people in that wedding industry. And I was charging something like $200 a month or something for, I think, one Facebook post a week. I don't think I was doing Instagram posting at that point, but it was very, very low. It was like, ridiculous. And I'm like, oh my gosh, how did I think that was going to survive? <laughs> but I charged $200 a month and I was just starting out and I felt that that was a great place to start as a brand new social media manager and I really didn't know what I was doing. So it felt good. $200 felt like amazing. It felt like so much money to me. And that's what I did. And I put everything into it. I put my all. I over-delivered and I underpriced. And I see a lot of people, a lot of clients come to me and they are not charging their value. There's like two ways to look at this. So you look at it with, okay, you know, what you provide the value that you provide your clientele or within your product. You can add in knowledge if you want to, but I don't necessarily think you have to have certifications or degrees or whatever to be in the coaching space or the strategist space. It's just speaking to the space that I am in personally and the space that my clients tend to be in. So there's that piece. The I've done this for so long. I've given these things to my clients. I've helped them through XYZ and so on and so forth. But then there's also just the feeling, right? I think that leading by feeling is the way to go because when you have an energetic attachment to a service, to a price that you're birthing into the world, you know you're going to provide that level of care and of service and of support to the people that you created this for. So however you look at pricing yourself, use that model but for this, I'm going to use the energetic model. When you over-deliver, let's say even 10 hours a month. When you over-deliver at 10 hours a month, I'm going to get out my calculator here. So I charge $200 a month and let's just say I put in 10 hours. So that's $20 an hour for a brand new person starting out social media, just taking content and posting it for a person. $20 an hour. It's fair. I wasn't just doing that. <laughs> I was interacting. I was spending about 25 hours, probably a little more. I'll just be honest, but I was spending about 25 hours a month at $200 an hour, which is $8 an hour. And when you are running a business, when you're trying to create sustainable income for yourself so that you don't have to work a million jobs or a full-time job and a side job and have your hustle, $8 an hour isn't going to do shit. <laughs> and it didn't. <laughs> I had to get a ton more clients, but people knew me as the social media manager who did a great job but didn't charge a lot of money. So I was affordable, but I was also really good 
And that kind of fucked me over. I'm not going to lie. It did get my name out there and people knew me based off of that, which is great. And I will be forever grateful about that because it really was a stepping stone into whatever it is I get into, into what I'm doing now, into what I did two years ago. So there's no bad energy towards that version of myself because she learned so much. But one of the big things that Sam from six years ago learned was you have to be able to charge sustainable rates if you want to grow your business and if you want to be trusted as an expert. I know a lot of high-level solopreneurs and entrepreneurs who see a small or inexpensive rate and instead of being like, ooh, I like that. Let's go toward that. They're like, mm, I don't think they're going to give me what I want. So out of those two, which feeling do you want to give off? And I know charging your value and understanding how to do so, it can be tricky. I mean, look at what I talked about toward the beginning of this point. There's a lot of ways that you can look at this, but I really do feel like energetically charging what you believe you are valued at is where to start and then add some, right? What is it? Charge your value and then add tax or something like that. I don't remember. But it's it's true. As corny as it sounds, it's really true. You need to be able to charge something sustainable for you. Are you being paid what you want to be paid per hour or close to it? How much time are you actually putting into something? Have you had success in the past in this line of work? So you have testimonials. You have people who are like, whoa, no, I, I worked with Sam and like, my life changed or I shifted my entire business because I knew something different had to happen, but I couldn't put my finger on it. Have you helped people expand their business? Have you helped people be confident? Have you given people permission to do what they actually want to do? And do they tell people about you? Are they so excited and happy and grateful that you were able to co-create this next level of themselves, that you were there for that, that you aided in that moment for them, that's a huge tax, right? That's a huge thing to add into the value that you offer and how much you charge. You know, are you an hourly rate? Are you a monthly retainer? Are you per program? Are you per course? There's so many ways to look at this. And I love talking about this. It's very specific to the person that you are and the business that you run. So my DMs on Instagram are always open. I would love to talk about this with you. But charging my value is a huge part of me being able to become more confident in what I do. Understand that I was actually changing people's lives and I still am. And also knowing that it's supposed to feel a little scary. You shouldn't be excited about being the most inexpensive social media manager because I'm sure you're struggling. You're providing a hell of a ton of value. I'm positive of it. But do you have time for yourself when you're only charging $300 a month for a client and you have to have however many clients to be able to make ends meet, to pay your rent, to get groceries? And you're probably still working a part-time job or maybe a full-time job to be able to do it all. That's not fair to yourself. Where's the time for you? Where's your space? Think about those things. That's all I'll say on that point. It's really important to me. I am so passionate about people being paid their value. I could go on for probably hours on this topic, but I would love to talk about this in a one-on-one capacity because it does look different for everyone. I do understand that. All right. Another thing I will say kind of to tie into the money topic, but not to go too deep in because I'm not an accountant or a financial advisor, but understanding my finances, how to pay myself, what to invest in, 
saving for taxes, quarterly taxes, annual, all of these different things that go into having a business and running your business properly, legally, was huge for me. So I do have an accountant and he's super helpful, handles pretty much everything for me. I know what I'm saving every month. I know what to expect when tax season approaches. I'm not scared about it anymore. I used to get so afraid that I was going to owe a bunch of money or I did something wrong. Now I feel really held, really supported, very set up and ready in my business. And when it comes to more of the legal side of things, my friend Sam Vanderweelen, she has a ton of templates that help keep you legally legitimate in your business. And I purchased her bundle. I think it's called the Ultimate Bundle. And it was an investment, but it's an investment that helped me feel safe and secure and sound in my business. I have contracts that keep everything flowing, everything good. People sign a contract before they work with me. I have contracts for any contractor that I would hire out for any type of thing, like a virtual assistant or an online business manager, a copywriter, et cetera. And just having those things in my tool belt, down packed, done for me kind of approach felt really scary to do, but it feels so good to know that I have that all locked and loaded, truthfully. So just kind of as an aside there, when it comes to money, making sure that you know what's going on in your finances and know what's going on legally with you as a business and as a solopreneur. So something else that's really helped me that I learned quite a while ago, but started to dip more into in the last year is understanding my human design and actually using it in my business. So I know I'm a projector and I know who I am. I know the feelings. I understand the the whole about when it comes to myself as a projector, but I wasn't really considering how that looked or worked with me as a business owner. And it wasn't until my friends Betsy and Laura from Luscious Hustle started talking more deeply on human design that I realized I could use this as a tool in my business so that I could perform better and work smarter and honestly work less and not feel guilty about it. So as a projector, I have a different approach. I am a non-energy being, which sounds kind of scary, but basically it just means I'm taking on the energy of those I'm around rather than being someone with energy myself. So this can be really great in the sense of being around generators or manifesting generators or even manifestors because I get lit up by their light. But if I'm around it all the time, I'm going to start feeling like I have to be that way. This is kind of my take on all of it. I am not a professional in human design. I am learning it for myself and for my clients. But this is just how I view it and how I feel it as a projector. If you are a projector, definitely look into your chart, please, especially if you're a projector, because we do business so very differently. And there's a lot of things that we need to know about ourselves and our designs because we're not generators, but we were raised to be generators. And there's a lot of trauma. There's a lot of deconditioning. There's a lot of reparenting that needs to be done in order to feel supported, feel okay in living the life that you actually want to live and how you want to live it. This is something I'm still learning. This is something I'm going to be learning every day for probably the rest of my life because it's the human design experiment. This is all an experiment, which is maybe scary or whatever, but there's a lot of 
different legs that can go to this, I'm sure, but we'll go back here. Once I realized that as a projector, I get a lot done in a short amount of time. I am able to do the work of an eight-hour day in three and a half hours, but working with generators and working with manifestors and working with manifesting generators, it's hard because they're constantly go, go, going. They're do, do, doing, go, go, going. And it made me feel like I wasn't doing enough. And sometimes it still makes me feel that way. But I now have the tools in place to be able to go, oh, well, I'm feeling this way because I know they're living by their design and that's awesome. And I'm really happy for them that they are, but it's not my design and that's okay. My design needs rest and like a lot of rest. And I think it's because we are doing those eight-hour days in such a short span of time. But because we were raised to be generators, taking breaks isn't okay in society. You're lazy if you take breaks. But you're not lazy. You're just kind of reigniting. You have to give yourself space to then be able to just do how you do you best. And that's for any design type. I think as generators, correct me if I'm wrong, anybody in the listening world, but generators, if they're not loving something, they just need to stop doing it. They need to do what they love and have absolutely no qualms, no I'm sorry's about it. And that's when they live their design. That's when they do it best. So as a projector, if I'm living like a generator, I'm burnt out, (laughs) tired all the time. I can't keep go, 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 going. I can't keep switching things around. I need to wait for the invitation. I need to allow myself to rest. I need to share things and know that that is the way to be seen. Not asking unless there's an invitation, a clear invitation, but creating and sharing just like I'm doing right now. Nobody asked for me to start a podcast. Nobody asked for me to tell you the top things I've learned as a solopreneur and I'm still learning, but I want to put this information out into the world for whoever might hear it. And if this affects one person and they reach out to me on Instagram or wherever they find me, And they're like, hey, that really helped me. That is an invitation to me, knowing the universe just sent that person and said, Sam, you're doing the right thing. You're going in the right direction. Keep leaning. So implementing what I learned about my human design has been awesome. Like I said, Betsy and Laura from Luscious Hustle have been really helpful in this. So has victoriajane.hd on Instagram. She has been really helpful. I've also done the blueprint from Erin Claire Jones, and that, I promise you, will truthfully really change a lot of things for you. It's like a permission slip to be who that person is fully. That's what it's been like for me. It really has been a game changer in everything that I do, how I create things, how I work, how I interact, how I show up, all of the things. It's been wonderful. And for anybody who's wondering, I am an emotional projector and I have a 1-3 profile. Shoot me a message on Instagram because I want to know yours. (laughs) I geek out over this stuff. I love it so much. One other thing that it has given me permission about that I will say has been probably the biggest thing of all is it's allowed me to feel secure in knowing that my best way of working is not everybody else's best way of working. And that's okay. There's no need to feel guilty. There's no need to feel like I'm lazy or I'm not doing enough because I know that I do so much every single day in such a short amount of time that I need rest. I am worthy. You, fellow projectors and everybody, are worthy of a pause. And that's been huge for me personally and in my business. And the last thing I'll say here to wrap this whole thing up is 
One I'm learning that I have known for quite a while, but kind of push it aside, is that coaches need coaches. We need someone that is there in service and support, just like we are in service and support for others. We need that system. Being a solopreneur is not easy. Doing things alone and wearing all of the hats, it's not simple. And a lot of the time, it's not fun. But when you have a good support system as a coach or a mentor or a strategist, that is really, truly going to allow you to expand beyond your wildest dreams of what you thought was possible for yourself and your business. And it's scary because I don't think we're afraid of failure. I think we're afraid of success. I think we're afraid of the things that we don't necessarily know. And we can tell ourselves as many times as possible, I am successful. I provide value. I am a wonderful human who provides value and is successful. My bank account is full. I am here to serve, etc. Every mantra you can think of, every affirmation, but without having a support system to hold you accountable, to hear you, to see you, it's really hard. I said earlier in this podcast that I had joined a mastermind at the beginning of this year, and that was a very large investment for me. And money mindset is a whole different topic for another day. It's something I'm still working through. And it's something I face every single day, especially when it comes to investing in myself and my business, because it's all a risk. I don't factually know that tomorrow morning my business will be okay. But the way I look at it, in a corporate position, after last year, I don't factually know if a corporate job position will be be mine tomorrow as well. And to me, the reward as a solopreneur is so much better. But having that support system, having those coaches, and when I say coach, I seriously mean multiple coaches, mindset coach, financial coach, business coach, spiritual coach. I mean, there's so many different variations and they all will help you expand your business, expand your mindset, keep you rooted. It's easy to get up there, you know, when there's so much happening and so many things going on and you're so close to the subject matter that you can't see the whole thing. And that's why, you know, there are people like me. I love looking at the dreams and desires of my fellow solopreneurs and standing there with them saying, this is totally possible. (laughs) I see it. I see your vision and I'm holding space for it. And I also want to help you achieve it and more. That's powerful stuff, right? That's so powerful to have somebody who has your back like that. So if you haven't invested in a program, in a coach, in a strategist, in a mentor, in something in that realm, and you are stuck and you're scared, you don't know where to turn, start looking into coaching. Start looking into mentorship. Those people, we've got you. All right. I hope that you enjoyed this episode and that you learned something, you had some takeaways, maybe you left with some questions. Like I said a couple times throughout this, I love to talk about all of these things and more with solopreneurs, new entrepreneurs. I'm here for you. I see you. I know the struggle, but it doesn't always have to be that way. So find me on Instagram at Rooted with Sam and let's chat. And I will see you all again soon.